This is the Film Photography Podcast, internet radio show, December 15th, 2010. Sitting across from me is Joe Kolbeck. Hey. And this is our, our pre-show before uh, Dwayne and John come into the studio and before Joe goes back into the edit room. We're going to uh, just, um, actually, we're going to pick our winners of our contests, announce our new contests, and just read one or two letters. It's been a really great year here at the Film Photography Podcast. Year one is coming to a close. Well, we actually started in October of 2009, but I consider those the pilot episodes. (laughs) Year one coming to a close. It's been a really fantastic year. I want to, you know, before we even get started, I want to thank everyone for tuning in and listening. There have been a great, great number of people who have recharged their, their batteries, so to speak, have become reinterested in film photography. And throughout the year, there have been a number of folks that have written in and communicated that they're just discovered film photography or they have retired their digital camera and now are shooting exclusively film. Or they're shooting both, but, you know, finding out and discovering film photography for the first time. Real quick, a letter from Garrett Riffle. Garrett says, Uh, hey Mike, I've been listening to the shows and you use a lot of sound effects. C41. One, two, three, forget Gossin Luna Pro F. One, two, three, forget about it. And make people's voices lower and it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> but how come you never make them higher? I guess uh, Garrett's saying that a higher pitched voice would be funny. I tend to pitch low, Joe. Yeah, you do, yeah. I think the low is fu- Do you think the lower is funnier? I think they're both. I, I per- I'm personally a fan of the low. Yeah. 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 So, well, how's this, Garrett? Hey, man. Welcome to the Film Photography Podcast. I really, really appreciate everyone listening out there. Welcome to the show, December 15th, 2010. Here we are, the last show of the year. This just in. Before we get to the meat of the show, it's important that everyone really knows what's happening because this is happening today, December 15th. It's called Facing the Impossible, a new exhibition. Impossible Project is happy to announce the opening of a new exhibition at the Impossible Project space in New York City, Facing the Impossible. It's an artistic review and outcome of Impossible's ambitions during the last two years. When Impossible embarked upon its mission to bring analog instant photography back, photographers were Worldwide, we're facing the extinction of one of the most legendary mediums. Impossible faced all the challenges and developmental problems and has produced new instant films for vintage Polaroid cameras. And this is a portrait series called Facing the Impossible, and it is at the Impossible Project Space NYC 425 Broadway starting today, December 15th at 6 p.m., and this exhibition will be running through February 28th, 2011. If you're in the New York area, be sure to drop by the Impossible Project NYC. We have a big shoe lined up for today, and before we get to the shoe... I want to uh, do our prize giveaways and announce our prizes for next month. The mailbox has been (laughs) packed full, full up with requests to win the cameras that we're giving away this month, which is the Kiev 6C, the Book Plastic Cameras, and the Vivitar PN2001. First thing we're going to give away is plastic cameras, toying with creativity. This is a book by Michelle Bates. Gonna shuffle up the shuffling up the entries, and then Joe Kolbeck is going to pick the winner. 
How do they submit an entry? It's just, it's just whoever writes in? Uh, we announce a, uh, a contest, and then I say, to win this item, please send an email to filmphotographypodcast at gmail.com. Oh, like there's no question. It's just whoever... whoever. Correct. Okay. The only thing we ask is please send your name, and uh, in the header, put what you want to win. In a paragraph or two, just tell something about you. Oh, okay. Something about yourself oh, nice. and your film photography. So... If you wouldn't mind, Joe, I mean, you could do it any way. You could close your eyes. You could thumb through these entries. You could manhandle it, whatever, okay. you know, however you want to, like, just pick. So we're now getting ready. Drum roll, please. And the winner is Darren Riley from the U.K., Darren, A.K. Poncho Ballard. <laughs> Darren... I don't know Darren, but I've communicated with Darren via email. Pancho Ballard <laughs> yes. is uh, his his band. Oh, how about that? Yes. And you've won the book Plastic Cameras. And what kind of music is Pancho ba- Ballard or Pancho Ballard? That, oh, Darren, that's, that's a good one. Pa- Pancho Ballard. Pancho Ballard. <laughs> that's how it's, it's pronounced? It's uh, Mexican. It's a well, mariachi. Oh, it's mariachi. Oh, yeah. I that. It's Mexican. It's yeah, Spanish, here's, a little t- here's a little tidbit of it. So one color took his chance. We're going to play, uh, before Dwayne and John come in, uh, we're going to play this Darren song in celebration of you winning the book Plastic Cameras. Darren says, hey, Mike, great podcast. A little less crazy than usual, but extremely informative and interesting. I'd like to put my name down for plastic cameras. I know I previously sent you an email introducing myself, but I'll do it again here just in case I get picked. I'm Darren. I'm 37, and I started shooting film in May of this year. Before, I never considered myself a photographer, just someone who took snaps on holiday. Then I bought a Diana Mini, started fooling around with it. Uh, Joe, weren't you talking about Dianas? Yes, I was, yeah. Joe, what interests you about a Diana? Uh, they seem to be the, the uh, you know, the, the, the proto, in my bit, from what I've observed, the prototype to like a Holga. Yeah. And, uh, and the whole uh, fascination with toy cameras. The big moment for me came when my brother-in-law, a pro photographer, saw my pictures and told me to start putting a portfolio together. Wow. Since then, I've been shooting like a madman. Black and white, color, 35mm, 120. I've been shooting in the dark, in the rain, outdoors, indoors, everywhere. I can honestly say I'm enjoying every minute of it, even the mistakes. Often the mistakes end up being my favorite shots. I mainly use a Holga for my 120 shots and a Schmina 8 M. What? <laughs> Shmina. How's it spelled? S M E N A. S M E N A? Shmina. Shmina? Shmina? Shmina. 8 M for the 35 millimeter <laughs> with a Diana and a Lubatel 166U. Lubatel 166U. Coming out to play now and then. I love the podcast and love your generosity, enthusiasm on the subject. Keep up the good work, boys. Well, Darren, congratulations. I'm thrilled you won the book, and I'm thrilled that you sent us your music from Pancho Ballard. Though he knew that he was beat, he raised a hand and he cried, Viva Mexico! The next person wins a Vivitar PN201. It is a plastic camera. No. Okay, it is a plastic camera, and it does a mock panoramic. Oh, how about that? Yeah, very wide. And 
um, the film, the camera was donated to us by our friend Emily. And Emily, when she donated the camera, she was kind enough to not just send the camera, but she took some images with it and sent sample images of what the panorama would look like. So uh, I need you to pick the winner of our of the Vivitar PN two o o one. Yeah, just <laughs> great. Um, <laughs> all right, there we are. The winner of the Vivitar PN two o o one is Brian Moore. Uh, Brian is one of our guest bloggers. Brian sent us a guest blog about his uh, Polaroid land camera, his okay. pack camera. I think it was the 210. Okay. He was guest blogger. Oh, very nice. Brian says, just this week discovered your podcast. Love it. I've downloaded all the shows, and I'm, work- and I'm working my way. Working. I'm working my way through them via my iPod. I love film cameras. Old ones, range finders, and especially old Polaroids. I have five Polaroid cameras. A 210 that I got new when I was 15. That's pretty awesome. A 230, a 320, an SX70, and a The Reporter. What's that? The Reporter is just like your Pro Pack, Joe. Oh, really? Yes. It's called The Reporter. I have about 20 other film cameras. My current favorites are Kiev 4A, Konica 1, Yashica Electro 35GS. Wow. The Reporter, Fed Three, the Zorky C. Oh, the Zor! I know, some some extraterrestrial cameras going on. And Zenit Twelve. Ooh. I also have several Dianas, one twenty format, and a Holga one twenty N. Brian goes on to say, "This is where this is how I contacted him when I got this when I received this entry." He says, "I'm no Hemingway, but I do fancy myself a bit of a writer," and I took him up on it. Oh, very very nice. I said. Oh, my goodness. I, I, said, I said this in an email correspondence. Oh, my goodness. You've had your Polaroid 210 camera since you're 15. Can you write something about your camera when you received it and what it's been like shooting with it? And he did. It was fantastic. Brian, uh, congratulations on winning the Vivitar PN2001. It does have a bit of a cult around it, this Vivitar camera. And I'm thrilled that you wrote a, a guest blog, and we hope uh, to hear from you again soon. Here's the big one, Joe. Look at this. Wow. We received our most entries for the Kiev 6C, formerly owned by FPP listener and all-around great guy, Dan Domi. This are is you, exciting. Yes. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. Just get a good one. I'm trying. Ooh. And the winner is Ulysses Lara. Oh. Did I pronounce that correct? Let me see. Ulysses, yeah. I believe. It's that, not spelled like the traditional Ulysses. Ulysses. Is that a man or a woman? Ulysses. Well, if it's Ulysses, it's it's a, you know, Ulysses S. Grant. It's a man. Mm. But um, I've never seen that spelling. My name is Ulysses Lara. I'm 23 years old, and I've been shooting film for about three years. I started shooting 35mm in high school, but recently I've been shooting 120 film and instant film. My favorite camera right now is the Polaroid 100 automatic LAN camera. I shoot Fuji FP 100C. Uh, so do I. I like to shoot everything and anything, but I mostly shoot my friends and daily life events 
Check out my Flickr. And uh, Ulysses, I wish I could actually read your Flickr address, but uh, there's a profanity in it. <laughs> look. Oh, look at that. Yeah, how about that? It's got to be a guy. Uh, you think so? Yeah. So we're going to have Ulysses' uh, link on maybe on the podcast is show notes. Kunk-kunk-chunk. And congratulations on that. Now it's time for us to switch gears immediately and talk about what we're giving away on our next show. This <laughs> By the way, if you're going to enter a contest to win something on the Film Photography Podcast, please remember to send an email to filmphotographypodcast at gmail.com. Remember to, uh, in the header, put the name of the item which you'd like to win and send one email per item. Don't send an email like, hey man, enter me in all the contests. Please do include a, a paragraph about yourself and make sure to include your mailing address. Your mailing address must be in the email. So, up for grabs. Here's a letter from the donator, from the person who donated. Hey guys, my name is He Sue. Love the show. I thought I would do my part in keeping film alive by sending you a Ciroflex, some Rodinol, which is film developer, and some Fomapan 120 film for giveaway. Thanks for the efforts and keep up the great work. Uh, also enclosed are Polaroids of my crazy camera collection, overstuffed freezer full of film, taken with a Polaroid 185 camera and FP3000B. I'm going to put um, Hisu's images up on the show notes. Kunk, kunk, chunk. The, this giveaway is the Ciroflex 120 TLR camera with three rolls of Fomapan 100 black and white negative film and four bottles of Rodinol Developer. Wow. Yes. Very nice. Now, as we get closer to our uh, contest giveaway, I'm going to have Dwayne weigh in and talk a little bit about what these vials of uh, chemicals are. <laughs> Dwayne just won't drink them? <laughs> no, no okay, I don't good. think All so. Right. All right. <laughs> get your entries in. It's a beautiful... 120 TLR camera. <sighs> Next up, here's an interesting item. Film. Ooh, Agfa. This is a note from our friend Mark Anthony from Photo Utopia. I'm writing to say that I very much enjoy your podcast, which I listen to on my daily commute to work. Daily cycle commute to work. I first heard about your podcast from a mention on the Film Wasters podcast, of which I'm also an avid fan. I've, I've been shooting since my early teens. I'm now 45, so you do the math. During that time, I've been a photographer, lab owner, and now having gone, gone the digital route, find myself back full circle using Rolleiflex, Leica, M4P, and numerous folding cameras. In 2006, I started a blog called Photo Utopia in order to share and promote film-based photography, as at the time, everyone was telling me how dead my medium of choice had become. Bollocks. Yeah, I think the more we show how much fun film-based photography can be, more people will be aware of the unique properties of film. I I agree. So my blog covers everything, anything from developing film and coffee. You'd like that, Joe? Oh my God! Yeah, eat the film. <laughs> to using 1930s folding cameras, or even developing found 1940s film, which have images, which I do all the time. Many cameras I buy at flea markets or through eBay, or through private sellers, many of the old-timey cameras have film in it. I'm a new fan of the Kodak Pony cameras. And most recently, I picked up a, a Kodak Pony 828 camera. 
This is a camera that uses 35-millimeter-sized film that's on spools with backing paper. So as long as you can find an older roll of film, you can take the backing paper off and re-roll your own and put it in the Pony 828 camera. In this Pony was a roll of film. Oh. And I can only guess that it was from the 1950s or 60s. I recently sent it out to our good pals at Blue Moon Photo. Oh. Because there was an old roll of Kodachrome K11 processing film, which K11 is no longer uh, available. So I'm having it I'm having it processed as black and white by our friends over at Blue Moon. Oh, very nice. Yes. Are they going to send over some of their beer as well? <laughs> <laughs> so Mark Anthony... He sent some film uh, over to us from his personal stash. He says, I have sent my favorite emulsions, Agfa APX, in 25, 100, and 400 speeds. Enough to make a little APX tri-pack giveaway for two listeners, as well as an extra roll of the APX 25 for yourself. That's me. And I will be shooting it. (laughs) So we have 100, 400. Oh, I think I took my roll out. I I already put mine in the fridge. So we're going to pick two lucky winners. You will, you will win three rolls, a roll of APX 25, a roll of APX 100, a roll of APX 400. They're all made by Agfa, and they're all black and white. Send your requests for this to filmphotographypodcast at gmail.com. Include your name, mailing address, and tell us a little bit about yourself. And we're going to be picking two winners, each winner, will win three rolls of film. Thank you very much, Mark, for the donation. Lastly, we're giving away a Fujifilm Instax 200 Instant Camera. This is the wide picture format of Fuji Instant Film, most notable that is very similar to the old Polaroid 600 in the size, I guess. It's a little bit different. The width is different. And this is from our good friend, Tony Kwong. So we have a Fujifilm Instax 200 instant camera. This is, sl- this is only ever so slightly used. It, it looks new to me. Look at this. Yes, it does, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think he used this. I mean, everything is brand new in the package. And there's a pack of film in here as well. This is a fabulous camera that I have to admit I was t- very tempted to uh, put my big uh, meaty hands on this box and pull this camera out and start shooting away. But uh, I'm too distracted by shooting Kodachrome for the rest of the month to do so. Uh, so, all, so all someone has to do is write in, and they can win this camera? Yes, except for people who are actually on the show, like yourself. Oh, you're not, I understand that, yeah. That's, that's, that's incredible. Oh, yeah, all you have to do is write into film photography, filmphotographypodcast at gmail.com, your name, your mailing address, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Put your, the name of the giveaway item in the header, and we'll be drawing the winners sometime in January. Fujifilm Instax 200 instant camera, wide picture format. That's pretty awesome. Very cool. Yeah, very cool. I want to thank, uh, thanks everyone for uh, listening to our little pre-show celebration here, end of the year pre-show celebration. We're going to be taking a short break. This is, you know, this is our year-end celebration show. It really is. This is the the high-octane end-of-the-year show. It's been a fantastic year. I mean, sometimes I'm ready to crawl out of my skin. If you listen to the archive and you uh, listen to some of the shows and hear the high energy, uh, it, is, it is all, you know, 
true, true enthusiasm for film photography. I'm going to take a break, uh, play a spot from our good friend Greg Dumont, who runs Killer Review, and a spot for the Pig Delicates and a donation spot. And then we're going to play, before Dwayne and John come in, we're going to play a cut from Pancho Ballard. Ballard. Would you call pa- Pancho, Pancho Ballardo? It's uh, Pancho Ballard. No. Pancho Ballard. Pancho Ballard? I don't know. We're going to call Pancho Ballard. And we're going to be talking about Pancho Ballard later, too. Okay. So, you know. Fantastic, right? Fantastic. Hey, Mike Rosso here. Have you heard about the FPP 2011 calendar? Oh, yeah. That's right. It's full color, 8.5 by 11, and you could have your very own copy. How? By donating to the Film Photography Podcast. Help keep us running strong in 2011 and beyond. Go to filmphotographypodcast.com, click the Donate button, and see details of how to get your very own FPP calendar. All donations received go right back to the Film Photography Podcast to keep us running strong through 2011 and beyond. And beyond. 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 And beyond. Super positive. Oh, yeah. Hi, my name is Butcher. I'm Brain Chomper. And I'm Gambling Man. We're here to tell you about our show, The Killer Reviews Podcast. Each week we discuss movies new and old, talk about our lives, and every once in a while we'll have interviews like Fred Vogel from Tag Pictures, Daniel Harris of the Halloween franchise, and Charles Gibson, the special effects advisor for Terminator Salvation. We also have special episodes like our full review of the Alien Quadrilogy, a Nightmare on Elm Street retrospective, and Clash of the Titans. And we're also very, very sexy. Especially you, gambling. Yeah. Our podcast is available at KillerReviews.com. And if you sign up for our forums between now and 2012, you enter a chance to win a romp in the sheets with Big Butch. Hey, it's Mike Rosso, and I'm here to tell you about the Pink Delicates and their full-length album, Who Stole the Quiet Day. You've heard lots of cuts here on the podcast, and you can check out their full-length album by going to cdbaby.com and searching Pink Delegates. Their music is right there, ready for download purchase or buy the CD. Check out the Pink Delegates. Who stole the Quiet Day? Hey, Mike Rosso here. Have you heard about the FPP 2011 calendar? Oh, yeah. That's right. It's full color, 8.5 by 11, and you could have your very own copy. How? By donating to the Film Photography Podcast. Help keep us running strong in 2011 and beyond. Go to filmphotographypodcast.com, click the Donate button, and see details of how to get your very own FPP calendar. All donations received go right back to the Film Photography Podcast to keep us running strong through 2011 and beyond. And beyond. 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 And beyond. Super positive. Oh, yeah. Lucha Libre. 
Photography Podcast for December 15th, 2010. My name is Michael Rosso. I'm here in the studio with John Fideli. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dwayne Polk. Right back at you. 
And uh, this is our December 15th show, as I mentioned, which means it's holiday time. I want to wish all our listeners a special holiday and New Year's. It's been our fantastic year. It's been a fantastic year. We're on. A, we're in our second year of FPP, and I want to start straight up. Hey, can I ask a question first? Yes. How many film cameras do you think are going to be opened this holiday season? Not too many. Six. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that a lot of Holgas are going to be opened. You think yes, so? Yes, I do. I think a lot of students want Holgas. Mm, interesting. Oh, yeah, I really do. Uh, I want to open up right with a letter from Darren Riley, who recently discovered this podcast on iTunes. Mm. He says, since last Friday, I've been hammering the podcasts at work and reached April so far. Wow. I do a very dull data entry job, so your show helps to make a very dull day much more interesting and entertaining. Enter. Enter. <laughs> wow, you can listen and input at the same time. It's pretty good. I love the style of the show, although I must say I wasn't sure what what to make of it at first. Episode one is a bit like a slap in the face. Ow! I soon well, he says I soon got used to the humor and sound effects, and the by episode three I was cracking up at my desk. And I want everyone to know, I think this is very important, that we're very serious about film photography, but you know, we're very lighthearted guys. We've all spent time in institutions. <laughs> so I think it's important to know that yeah, people... It's called New Jersey. Because I think there's a misinterpretation by, you know, the, the critics out there. And there are, I'm thankful that there are very, very few critics. But folks who kind of don't understand where we're coming from because they're used to very technical podcasts mm. and treat photography very serious. I mean, it is a science. Yeah, it's a science, but this ain't choich. <laughs> and there are a lot of scientists That's out there ridiculous. and engineers. And this podcast, we're going to be covering the shine flood yes, principle I mean, with your cameras and practicing in the principle. And if you go to page 73 in your manual, you reference the Exactly. Yeah, we've we all been through that. Who we needs want that? To, uh, Hi! We want everyone to have fun and kind of discover... The Lost Art of Film Photography, and today I'm going to be talking a little bit about 127 film photography, which is old-timey roll film. So, yeah, I mean, I want everyone to know we are very serious about yes. what we do. We're serious We're guys. serious about getting people into film at yes. whatever cost. You can get into listen to all the other technical podcasts once you want to acquire more knowledge in that area. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you always do that? What does that mean? That's You know what that's from? No. It's the Wizard of Oz. The Wizard of Oz. When the... Uh, they were the flying in the monkeys. Castle yeah, in the castle. It was very serious. And oh. they were going, Film photography is fun, and that's the way I look at it, and that's why I want everyone to have fun that's listening. Yes. So, Darren, I want to thank you for the letter. He goes on to say, he used to shoot digital, but whilst on holiday in Munich... Whilst. While, while <laughs> whilst on holiday. Whilst on holiday. Uh, he was on his last day in Munich... Uh, he was there with his girlfriend, and he went to a museum and saw the Lomography Diana Mini in a shop. Look at that. As soon as I saw it, I knew I wanted it, and since then, I haven't looked back. Digital is a distant memory, and I, <laughs> and I own several old cameras, including the Holga, a Lubitel 166U, Lubitel? which we've discussed here, the Lubitel, Lubitel. the Kiev 6C, oh, we're, we're giving away a 6C, yes. and a... Sh- uh, Shmina 8M. Shmina? Shmina. Do you know what the heck that is that? Better say that with a smile. I also, I also got a nice refurbished Olympus trip on the way mm. for his Christmas. Your, your trip busted, didn't it? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> All right. My Olympus trip, I'm having problems with my Olympus trip, and I'm going to uh, first send an email. Throw it against the wall. I'm first going to send an email to my friend Ian, who is the ultimate Olympus trip enthusiast. Hello, Ian. Yes. How are and you? I'm going to see, I'm going to, I'm going to, Correspond with Ian first before uh, dis- discussing it. it. I have a few issues with my Olympus Trip 35. 
But I don't want to discourage anyone from getting it. It's a Famutashless camera. Nice. I love the music you've been playing on the podcast. Oh. John, that's uh, Pink Delicates. Oh. Oh. And I thought I'd give you something in return. I play in an English-Mexican band called Pancho Ballard and the Banditos. English-Mexican. Pancho. You said like a total New Jersey. Pancho. Pancho. (laughs) How does it pronounce, John? Pancho. Listen to John. John's the guy who's like, hey, I I took a picture. (laughs) I took a picture. I took a picture Took the light off. It's called Pancho. It says P-A-N. Like oh, maybe it's Pancho. I, I think know, it's sorry. Pancho. 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 <laughs> what are you, the nanny? What do you mean? That's Pancho. Pancho, it's Pan- Ballard, like Pancho. and the... Pancho. Like Pancho Villa? Okay. Pancho Villa? I'm no, sorry. Pancho. Uh, Pancho Villa. Pancho Villa. And the... Like Pancho Villa? And the... I'm sorry. Pancho Villa? And the... Like Pancho Villa? And the... I'm sorry. Pancho Villa? 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 We opened our show with Pancho. Oh. Okay, Pancho Ballard and the Banditos. We don't play authentic Mexican music, but we have the mariachi brass section. I got to say, that's one of the strangest things I've ever heard. Almost every song is about Mexico, and we've got six (laughs) awesome sombreros. Oh, great. I like to, some stuff along. I like to, he did. I'd like to oh. give you our most recent EP as a way of saying thank you. Great. Uh, if you and He's from England? Yes, you're from England. And they play he's, he's a displaced Mexican living wow. in England. Uh, he's got the soul of a Mexican. Absolutely. The heart I'm of trying an to English think the web uh, you know what? I'll put the website uh, link on the show notes because the website is so amazingly long. Show Mexico's notes. a lovely country. I hope you like it as much as I like the podcast. Well, I've listened to it. Cool. These folks here haven't heard it yet. I love it. Please don't share this link with anyone. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> Due to the bandwidth, our first album is also free to download at the CD Baby page. Oh, yeah, we're on CD. That Baby. I've linked below. Oh, so I guess you go to cdbaby.com. Free download at CD Baby? Uh, I don't think it's free. Is it free, Darren? Mm. Well, let's say it's not free. Is the album called well, like you know, four guys walking across Abbey Road, but they have sombreros? No. <laughs> Six guys. If you go to cdbaby.com and type in Pancho Ballard and Pancho. the Bancho. P A N C H O. Pancho Ballard and the Banditos. You'll Pancho. come. Pancho. You'll come up to their page. Um, hey, B-A-L-L-A-R-D. P-A-N-C-H-O. Right. B-A-L-L-A-R-D. And the Banditos. M-O-U-S-E. Keep up the fantastic work. Keep the, up the fantastic work. And uh, here's the obligatory series of links to my blogs, Flickr account, etc. Blah, 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 blah. All of these will be on our show notes. But you can go to... Show notes. PanchoBallard.com. <laughs> Pancho. <laughs> You could go to PanchoBallard.com. And at the end of this podcast, we're going to uh, end the show with a uh, full track from Pancho. Great. I'm all so, goose pimply. Yeah. So thank you very much, Darren. It was really a pleasure meeting you. It's fantastic. Arriba! Here's a letter from David Lyon. Arriba and Andalay. I think we murder so many names that he's like... He signs it. This guy's uh, David Lyon wrote us a letter. At the end of his letter, he puts David Lyon, pronounced David Lyon. Nice. L Y O N, and he L, he said D- pronounced L I O N instead of Leon. Well, I don't David think Leon. we're that bad that we were pronou- pronouncing. Uh, well, we're getting quite a reputation if he's uh, phonetically putting lion out there. He uh, says, "Dear Polaroid Photography Podcast." <laughs> oh, that just hurts. <laughs> that just stings. Well, he's not far from the. Well, I want to say this: my enthusiasm for Polaroid photography. Uh, I want everyone that listens out there, all you four by five shooters, large format shooters, medium format shooters, thirty-five millimeter shooters, one ten film shooters, give it a shot because I can tell you that a little over a year ago I was panning it. I, I used to pan Polaroid photography as, oh my God, who, who wants to shoot blurry pictures? <laughs> 
And I've discovered the Zen for Polaroid, and I really, really love it now. It's really a lot of fun. I've been shooting it this year side by side with my passion for Kodachrome photography, and it's mm. been great. Yes. So uh, <laughs> David says, first, I would like to say congratulations on your first anniversary. <laughs> well, thank you. Happy anniversary. I found you through a program that runs on my BlackBerry called Podtrapper. Really? How about that? I am grateful for the extra work everyone does with two podcasts a month. I am a long-haul truck driver, and your show helps break up oh, these days. Great. Yeah, It's a perfect job to listen to podcasts. Where is he from? Oh, where, uh, where is he from? Oh, uh, I have driven on a truck route from around Parsons, Kansas. I would guess that he's from the uh, Midwest oh, yeah. of the United States. He says, I just listened to episode 10 when Dan stopped by. Dan Dommy stopped by. No uh, kidding. Unfortunately, you guys weren't. What do you mean? You're no kidding. I, I apparently wasn't here, so I, that's why I'm saying no kidding. I've mentioned it like more than a dozen times. Have you? Yes. What's his name? Dan Domi. Who's, Who's he? <laughs> Come on, you, Dwayne. Dan? What was his last name again? Domi. Domi. How do you spell it? He's the web I know. guy. He's oh, here we go, guy. Dan. Listen to all this. Dwayne's basically believe he doesn't it's know a, you. It's a running joke now. Come Dan on. Dan is not a web guy. Oh, well. Uh, Dan is a uh, going for his doctorate at uh, Penn State in audio. Oh, that Dan Domi. Ex- oh, yeah. And he went to Virginia Tech, too. Okay. I listened to episode 10 when Dan stopped by. Hearing about his 365 book project has inspired me to produce my own books as I get enough shots based on themes. Yeah, if this guy's a trucker, perfect. Maybe two or three a year would drive me to shoot enough. I have a few projects I would like to do, like Salt Lake City at night. I'm also in love with photographing old, old structures and windmills. Mm. It is amazing what you see while driving across the country. So uh, I like when people are inspired. And when Dan was here... He was talking about how he does uh, book projects by using like blurb.com or mpix.com or even clarkcolorlab.com. They all have programs to make your own photo books. Mm. I mean, I even think Adorama has it. The store. Yes, they do. You know, people ask truck drivers to do. No, what? I once hitched a ride with a truck driver once in South Dakota, and little kids in the back of oh, cars. Yes. Oh yeah, all the time. Want you to to, to hit the, to horn. Beat the horn, and I never knew that. And what? I, just, I know, Well, I never knew that that was, you know, I thought, I, I never asked a truck driver to do that. And it's constant, it's constant, it's constantly, constantly, constantly being hounded by little kids. I remember. To the point that it's got to be one of the most annoying things when you're driving. You start giving them the finger. <laughs> you, you hold, your, you hold your, hand, your arm out with your fist yes. clenched and you do a pull-down motion. Right, exactly. We, we drove across, uh, well, halfway across the country to Iowa to visit relatives when I was a kid. And that's all we did in the back of a station wagon. Every time a truck drove by, you go, did they, did they beep? Absolutely. It's a lot of fun. It looked like they enjoyed it. I, I think they enjoy it. That do guy didn't seem to enjoy it so much. David, do you enjoy it? Yeah, let us know. Uh, but I'm sure he gets a lot of opportunities to see some really wonderful things driving around. Oh, here country. we go. If anyone makes a trip out to Utah, would love to meet you if timing could be worked out. So, oh, he's from West Jordan, Utah. West Jordan. I've been to Utah probably 20 times. I do not know where West Jordan is. Maybe it is a suburb of Salt Lake City. Oh, maybe. <laughs> David's also shooting some Kodachrome. End of year here, folks. It's yep. December 15th. It's uh, it's almost already too late. Yes, the funeral has been booked. And, you got two uh, weeks. Yeah, you could actually, if you are uh, you know, very uh, ambitious, you can go on eBay right now. 
find the last call for Kodachrome. Just type in Kodachrome. No. If you live... Yeah, you've got to get it expressed overnight. For no, priority. no. You find a seller who's going to ship it priority mail. You get it in two days. It's the 15th. You get it in two days. Mm-hmm. You could shoot it in the holiday and get it to Dwayne's photo in Parsons, Kansas. Yeah, maybe I'll save mine for the holiday. That would be great. By December 30th. How special will that be? Holiday on... of Kodachrome ever shot at a holiday. Perfect, John. Special. Perfect. Do you have a flash for your camera? Yes. Yeah, you got me one. That's why I'm trying to jog my memory now. Yeah. Have you used it? No. Oh, okay. I don't like flash photography. On my other. I like natural light. Is 200 ASA Kodachrome enough light to get you an image? Not inside on a holiday, no. Maybe you could like light up the inside with movie lights. Well, I'm going to shoot outside in the snow and stuff. Oh. Make sure you uh, expose for your flesh tones, not on the snow. Okay, Mike. <laughs> Let's not get too technical there, Mike. Remember, we're having a good time. It's fun. <laughs> David, thank you for your letter. Dave, you ever get down to the canyon country of southern Utah, like the Escalante You know, he River? can't talk back to you right now. I just, oh. He, okay. You did know that, right? <laughs> well, no, he can send us a letter. <laughs> Filmphotographypodcast at gmail.com. Yo, I've been a listener. This is from Alex Weichman. I've been a listener to the podcast since you started. I found out about it when you first advertised it on Flickr. Well, you know what's kind of funny? You're saying advertised on Flickr. I just post some notes, and a group or two has shut down my thread because they're like, Hey, you know, this is not ad-based. And I usually write them a very nice letter saying, Well, we're not revenue-based. Yeah. We're, we're an educational program talking about film photography, and I always keep my threads nice and neat. I never start multiple threads. I'm very neat about how I post things, and I'm really wanting to just spread the love about what we're doing here. I'm not advertising for me or myself or anything in particular other than for people to, to you know, to, to get on board. To get on board, and I'm not doing it in digital threads. Right. So, so there. I'm happy you found us on uh, Flickr, Alex. Uh, I learned photography on film back in the 90s, and although I do shoot digital, semi-professionally, I shoot at least as much film because I love it that much. You can check out my website below and see some of the stuff I do. It's mostly documentary and street photography, largely influenced by William Klein and William Eggleson. Hmm. I mostly shoot 35mm with Canon EOS A2, slightly crippled US version of the EOS 5, and my trusty 20mm f2.8 usm lens which Mm. i'm addicted Mm. ultrasonic motor oh is that right yeah i have shot a few rolls here and there in the diana plus i bought for my wife thank you for your letter alex yeah alex thanks man you know we're not trying to discourage digital photography we're trying to end it (laughs) (laughs) completely no it's important that people shoot but it's important that people also you know get back to basics here's a letter with the heading exciting and this is from uh taryn brown and Taryn says, hey, Taryn. guys, T-E-R-Y-N. Nice. Taryn. I like that name. Never heard it. Beautiful. I, uh, many names we get, you know, names that come through letters. I don't know if it's a male or female. Mm. Hey, guys, do you remember when the Impossible Project was asking for people to submit their best color shade photo for a chance to be chosen as one of 20 to become a film tester? Hmm. No. Uh, you don't know about that? I knew about that. Oh. Anyway, I was chosen to be one of those 20 people. Hey! I'm so excited about it. If I'm allowed to share info about how the film looks, you guys will be the first to know about it. Just thought I'd share that bit of exciting news. Taryn, I would like you to know that our uh, email is open anytime, filmphotographypodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear uh, your report about shooting any impossible new film. Impossible, of course, is new film for Polaroid cameras, theimpossibleproject.com. It would be great for you to be sort of our correspondent in the field. There you go. To tell us about color shade or how about the new color shade push? I would love to hear about that. Thank you, Taryn. And then a second letter from Taryn. I've always loved your podcast, and I really enjoy what you guys had to say about instant photography and Lomo cameras. 
but it's also really nice to hear you guys start to express interest in higher-end, medium-format cameras. Mm. So, uh, you know, I think mm. we've gotten a lot, a lot of letters uh, saying they want to hear, people want to hear more about 4x5, and I can understand why. It's a nice step up, and it's a different animal than the uh, Polaroid banter. And I was just sharing my excitement because I'm recently excited about Polaroid and just recently got into Polaroid photography. So, uh, Dwayne would like to read a letter. Would you like to read a letter, Dwayne? I would love to. This is from Mark Welsh. Hi, guys. <laughs> we don't know he's English. <laughs> well, I am. Okay. <laughs> oh, I listened to the November 5th podcast today on November 5th, and it was awesome. One of your best. It Cheers. had it all. Great interviews and cool information. I always enjoy the straight-up conversational-style podcast you guys do with all the effects and the funny one-liners. I crave for the next episode, and I'm excited to listen to your weekly podcast for November. It's funny because I'm always checking my iTunes for episodes like tomorrow. It's always going to be the 15th or the 25th. <laughs> I've been a listener since about the second or th- <laughs> I just got sick of it. Yeah. I've been a listener since about the second or third podcast, and I am religious about it. Mm. I was a digital shooter thinking about film cameras when I started to listen to you, and I just knew it was going to be a great experience after hearing about Michael's experiences as a new film shooter. I just got my first scanner, and I've started to publish to Flickr some pinhole and Holga photos I've taken. My Flickr name is me... Marka Welsh 42, spelled M-A-R-K-A-W-E-L-S-H 42. Like I've, I see that. I've been in gear acquisition mode all year, and I've accumulated an arsenal of film cameras, including a couple of Ricoflex TLRs, a Pentax 645, a Zero Image 2000 pinhole camera, a Canon F1, a Practica Super TL, and a Yashica FR. Hi. <laughs> also recently got a Kodak Retina 2A folding 35mm camera. It's pretty cool, too. Oh, yeah, and three Polaroid cameras. Jeez, Look, I, I want everyone to know out there crazy. that it, uh, I know that people are as obsessed as I am. And That's I know, good to know that these, you know, Dwayne's always saying, oh, my God, I'm like, I have so many cameras. I'm happy that other people out there, I want to acknowledge that other people have caught the fever and uh, started shooting, like I did with the Kodak Pony 2. Hmm. Please continue. I'm sorry, Dwayne. Oh, yeah, and three Polaroid cameras, a one or four folding land, an SX-70 style, can't remember the name, and now a super shooter. Haven't shot any instant yet, but soon I will regards Mark Welsh from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada, P.S. Saskatchewan, really? Would love to be included in the draw for the plastic camera book. Thanks, guys, and keep it up. One of these days, I'll send a camera your way. I just don't know which one. Oh, yeah. The Polaroid Super Shooter is the same as the Polaroid Color Pack series of cameras. Uh, last episode, we discussed the Polaroid... Last episode. <laughs> last episode, we discussed the Polaroid Automatic 100, had the bellows. Polaroid, after that, made a cheaper camera, a plastic, rigid camera, mm. Polaroid Color Pack series, which we're going to discuss in future episodes. I would like to point out, because I do get a lot of correspondents that say, uh, Michael is new to film photography, and no, that's actually not true. I'm not new to film photography. I came back to film photography reborn. Ab- after a 15-year abs- ab- absence. Yes. You can't say that word, can you? After a 15-year absence, I returned to film photography, uh, and I will say it's much more satisfying because years ago, I only shot 35 millimeter. Mm. That's it. That's all you knew, right? That's all I knew. You don't want to know about 110, 126. My mind was closed. I knew about 126. 4x5 were for other people that really knew what they were doing. When I took my absence, 
I got into uh, film production, motion picture film production, and video production. And a lot of that was, uh, in my younger days, along with my good friend John, shooting weddings. Uh-huh. And I was always amazed by f- film photographers, uh, people like Gene Gabelli. Gene Gabelli. Who was shooting, uh, f- you know, they were shooting uh, medium format. Right. And they always, you know, a w- little windy. Yep. And they always take the roll of film out and lick it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I have to tell you folks out there, do you know I never, like it just, my mind wasn't open yeah. to it. Never even thought about it. Never even thought about it. It seemed too scary. And, it it uh, really seemed inaccessible yes. at the time. Dwayne, would you like a roll of 800 ASA film? Yeah. To, I mean, you seem like you really want to shoot. Yeah, give it With to him. With this camera? I mean, you don't have to. I mean, you want to do it another time? We'll do another well, time. Well, don't be ne- scared. Don't I, be scared. I, I've never used this camera before, and there's a learning curve involved with oh, okay. it, and I'm not sure how Dwayne, to... Dwayne, still, from our last show, is manhandling the Mamiya C22 medium format camera. I love looking oh, through the... Uh, on the little ground glass I just left. Oh, you do. But I read... My read you know, so, all those years, my mind was not open to it. That's why I want to um, express to folks out there who are maybe just tuning in or just discovering this podcast it's really about kind of opening your mind up to shooting polaroid film or shooting medium format or going back and shooting 110 and looking at it differently or shooting with a plastic holger camera it's about the mindset it's about sort of like letting go and just having fun i would say your interest in film is not new but your obsession in film is new it's it's a the hobby is brand new to me and who was the letter from, Dwayne? Um, the guy from Saskatchewan. Mark Welsh. Mark Welsh. Thank you, Mark. Here is another letter from uh, our good friend Ted. Uh, Ted is uh, on Hello, our... Hello, Ted. Ted is on our uh, film photography Flickr page. If you go to Flickr.com and you go to groups and type in film photography podcast, you will find our group on Flickr. I encourage everyone to join Flickr. Would you like to read uh, the highlighted area? Just this paragraph no, just from Ted. Mic. I was turned onto your <laughs> podcast by the... F- Film Washers podcast. Film Wasters. Good gosh. <laughs> film I was turned on. Let's start this again. Film again. Let's do this again. I was turned on to your podcast by the Film Wasters podcast, and I have been working my back through your back catalog of podcasts. Oh, let me do this one more time. Good. Do you need some drugs or something? <laughs> I was turned onto your podcast by the Film Wasters podcast, and I had been working my back. He's People working, are so excited about he, film. He's working his way back through your back catalog again, of podcasts. <laughs> I was turned onto your podcast, but <laughs> take five. <laughs> I was turned on to your podcast by the Film Wasters podcast, and I have been working my way back through your back catalog of podcasts. I have to thank Film Wasters for two things. Turning me on to your podcast and also saying, what's the worst that can happen if you process your film and chemicals that have been improperly stored? That was the phrase that made me decide to go for it and process my own film, and I haven't looked back. I was listening to the one of your old shows where you mentioned having 620 spools manufactured. Yes. 620, not 620. 620 spools, yes. <laughs> well, I wouldn't be able to order from you in quantity. I would be interested in a five or six pack if you were to do this. Uh, uh, thank you, Ted, for the letter. 620 uh, film, by the way, is no different than 120 film, which is uh, still sold today. And uh, it is roll film. And the difference between 620 and 120 is the actual spool. Kodak made a different spool. The diameter of the uh, tip of the spool, each tip, is different. It's smaller than 120 so therefore, 120 spools will not fit into 620 cameras. Mm. There are ample 620 film cameras on eBay, tons like the Kodak Brownie Bullseye camera, nu- <laughs> numerous 620 film cameras, and the only film you could buy is off of uh, 
places like B&H Photo, where they're basically, all they're doing is taking 120 film and re-spooling it for you onto 620 spools. And charging and, you through the nose for and, it. And, well, they're taking that 499 uh, roll of film, and they are uh, charging you 1199 So I came up with the idea of remanufacturing plastic 620 spools and selling a kit so that folks can buy, brilliant, a 620 spools. They will in that package. You will get a small film changing bag, 620 spools, and um, you'll be able to roll your own. All for the ridiculously low price of. Well, you'd be able to buy any 120 film you want, and just very simply just re-roll it back to the 620 spool, and then put it into any 620 camera of your choice. Bing bang boom. So I'm looking. At, actually, I looked into it, and uh, uh, it's a little little pricey to make that mold for 620 uh, spools. But I am thinking about it. So here is the pitch, folks out there listening. If you have an interest in buying 620, I should call it a 120 to 620 spool kit, which will allow you to make your own 620 film. Spool kit. (laughs) That just sounds very hip-hop. Well, say it again. Spool kit. You will also uh, be able to buy. You also be able to buy uh, 620 film. I will do some some spooling myself, and you'll be able. I'll, I'll sell it to you less than B and H. I don't think I know you well enough to let you spool me. <laughs> uh, is there any interest out there in 620? I highly encourage everyone to check out 620 film cameras. There are a mm. lot of fun. A lot of Kodak brownies are 620. I need to hear from you if, if anyone's seriously interested in this, because then I would set up something. Then you'll get to it. Very, very similar to what Keith Canham is doing. Keith Canham, of course, is the uh, m- gentleman who makes large format cameras, beautiful large format cameras out of wood. Wood, and also, if you listen to the podcast, um, I believe he used, is it, was it titanium or aluminum he used? Uh, that was our, our, our show from the PDN Photo Expo. It was the early October show, if you want to go back in, to our archive and listen to that interview with Keith Canham. Keith, what he did was a partnership with Kodak, whereas if he gets enough orders for a certain uh, type of film, a large format size, an odd format, he basically collects the monies from everyone, compiles the orders, then when he has enough, he places the order with the Kodak. He so, acts as a middleman, yes. which he's doing as a service, not really, he's not doing it to make money, he's doing it as a service, I, I imagine. So my doubt in, in uh, funding the idea of manufacturing 620 film spools or re-rolling 620 film and making it easily available to you is, uh, well... Are, are there enough people who are into it? Are there enough people out there who would like 620 film? And I need to hear from you, filmphotographypodcast at gmail.com. How seriously are you interested in this? If I put up a website where 620 film spool kit would be available, would you purchase that kit? Hmm. Gmail film spool kit. (laughs) (laughs) Dwayne is in a very hip-hop mood today. (laughs) If I can get enough interest, I will manufacture these spools. And the more people interested, the cheaper they will be. I will tell you that the the film spools will be cheaper than what they are now on eBay. Uh, John has completely lost his mind. He's laughing hysterically oh good god it's Uh, the holiday film spools on ebay uh for like minimum bid of 10 bucks you get like a spool or two and these bids go up sometimes to 20 bucks it's too expensive all right but the only way to change this is is if there's a need so please film photography podcast at gmail.com thank you for the letter ted and for the support uh here's a letter from cliff uh dwayne do you still want to read or I think Dwayne's done reading. How about you, John? You this man? I don't have my glasses. 
I'm serious. I I'll cannot read, read without okay. glasses. You just have to read the, uh, I'm old. the highlighted area. Just the yellow here and then the end. That's I it. can't read without my glasses. This letter is from Cliff He can't Cordes. read with his glasses, this guy. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I can't. He's, he's telling the truth. I, I hope I'm saying this right. It's C-O-R-D-E-S, Cliff Cordes or Cords. No, so it's, it's pronounced Pancho. <laughs> <laughs> it's pronounced Pancho. So I thought I'd introduce myself. I'm Cliff. I live in Ringwood, New Jersey. Get out of here. I grew up in Ringwood, New Jersey. I know. I heard a lot of talk about things not far from me, Route 287, Loop Lounge, Willowbrook Mall, etc. Wow. So I'm assuming you guys aren't too far. I started shooting film in high school like nine years ago, but got a digital elf and one point and started moving to digital. Now I've got a Nikon D300, beautiful camera, which is nice, but it is digital. Over mm -hmm. the past mm, four years, I've been getting increasingly back to film. I definitely agree that shooting digital can be much more work, as you talked about on one podcast. I'm so glad I found the podcast. It seems like a really great community. Thanks for all the work put into it. Say hello to Cupsaw Lake for me. This is Cliff Cordes from Ringwood. Hey, Cliff, yo. Does he say where in Ringwood? Is there a street address? Yeah, he gives his address, and he says his mom is standing outside <laughs> flagging you down. <laughs> hey, Cliff, I want to thank you for the, uh, hey, you know, the email. Thanks. Nobody in Ringwood talks like that. No, no, Ringwood, they don't talk like that. You have to go more into, like, you have to go to Nutley. You have yeah. to go to Lindhurst. You have to go to, uh, you know, the Meadowlands. Yeah, Passaic. So. Found film. Oh, uh, found film. Yeah, found film. Found film is... Found film. Found is, film. Found film is, is film. Film. When you found. buy a camera on eBay or at a yard sale, and it's an old timey camera from the fifties, sixties, twenties, whenever, and there's film in it exposed. Mm. That's found film. And there are websites that are uh, sort of dedicated to uh, publishing these found. You found film, didn't I you? I found film. I, I'm going to put some uh, found film on our show notes page. Show notes, baby. And. Uh, it's really fantastic. And this letter is from Gary. Gary says, The other week you talked about getting old K11 film developed as black and white. K11 is the old Kodachrome film process that does not work, that does not exist anymore. Mm. If you have a roll of K11 Kodachrome film, there's no processing available. So I got it processed as black and white. Huh. Yeah, what well, could it hurt? Right? I didn't know you could do that. Yes, I sent it to Blue Moon Camera in Oregon with a nice note saying, Guys, can you please process this as black and white? And they said, Absolutely. This is last episode we talked about labs. And uh, we talked about our friends at Sharp, Photo and Portrait. And we talked about Dwayne's and Clark Color. Now, Dwayne's, which is a full-service lab, you know, they have E6. Yeah, they we only talk about the Kodachrome process. They have K4. They have everything. But they don't have K11. Dwayne's, because they're kind of set up as a factory, doesn't handle special process. So when I emailed Dwayne about K11, as black and white, I just get a note back. We do not do this. Hmm. I think it's more of a hand process, maybe. Hmm. I, I believe that uh, I believe that Blue Moon Camera does hand processed black and white rather than using a machine. I think their C41 is uh, machine processed. C41. So a company like Blue Moon will take any old time K11 or even C22 color. We'll process anything. They'll process it as black and white. And if that's the only way to save the film because right. the process doesn't exist anymore, go for it. Any uh, other color processing would, would do what to it? 
it just wouldn't you wouldn't get any image at all. No, yeah. really, because uh, Kodachrome film is basically a black and white film with uh, color technology layers put on top of it. Really? So if you just use black and white chemistry, you'll get that black and white latent mm, image. Let's see, developed. that's interesting, huh? Um, so wait a minute. Even if you shoot Kodachrome after Dwayne's goes out of biz, can you develop oh, your Kodachrome oh, as, as black and white? I don't know. That, that's a, a really good question. Developing Kodachrome. Yes. Uh, I say that because Dwayne's posted on the website. Yeah. They had a big posting on the website. It's like, we are not going out of business. Right. Because everyone thinks Dwayne's is going out of business just because they stopped processing K-14 Kodachrome. Well, they better not stop then. <laughs> K-14. Well, they put a big note on their website. Right. Well, I'm sorry about that. Maybe you can cut that out. Or so. <laughs> correct me. Well, so <laughs> K-11, as um, it says, you could do that with C-41 and E-62 when you really expired. Uh, dyes can fail, and when you get nothing, if you develop... You can get nothing if you develop normally, what we just said. Right. Uh, this is Gary, and he says, I found an old 127 camera in a charity shop with film made from 1972, mm. and he got it processed by FilmRescue.com, huh. who were pretty awesome. I'm not familiar with FilmRescue.com, so if anyone out there, including you, Gary, would like to send you know send me some samples or some your experience with FilmRescue.com, I would be happy to talk about it. I don't usually talk about uh, labs that stink. You know, it's like I'm not here to, sh- to, sh- to spread any hate. <laughs> or any stink. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I want to talk about good experiences, and I just want to send people in the right direction. So feedback on yeah. Film Rescue would be most appreciate- appreciative, although he's saying they were awesome, so I, I certainly believe you, right. Gary. There were a couple of images, though, pictures of a car from 1980 on that roll, hmm. and they're at a website, and this is inauspicious.org it's http forward slash I'm going to have that link on our show notes page good idea because it's a very long web site also if you like found films then this guy is pretty funny he's at westfordcomp.com that's westfordcomp.com forward slash updated forward slash what's new I will post that link also on the show notes I was waiting for your Sammy Davis Show notes, baby. Also, someone mentioned Route 66, which reminded me of this guy who's working on a book about Route 66. Route 66. I, I can show you a picture I took of Route 66 right now when I was 10. If I oh, show it. Wow, no kidding. Yeah. Show I it. That road, that road was closed. Show it, baby. Well, when the interstate uh, highway system uh, was really, really getting in full swing in the 60s and 70s, uh, a lot of the road, I think that was Route 66, was paved over to be an interstate, mm. but certain sections of it, they bypassed. I see. And so there were still, still, uh, still some remaining sections of Route 66 mm. that were the original pavement, even. Right. I mean, it's like they're cracked and everything, but okay. you, can, uh, you can, I think around Holbrook, Arizona, I think, and maybe Santa Barbara. And, uh, yeah. and I took this, if I could find it. Yeah, uh, Gary, I want to thank you for the letter, by the way. Yeah. What kind of a nauseous did you bring? You bring anything to pick I didn't up? bring any nauseous. Oh. Okay. You don't want any chewing on the air here. <laughs> All right. See, I do what you say, and then you you went to That's it. Let's see. It's Route, no, six, Route 66 near Sunset Crater, Arizona. Huh? Two lane highway stretches all the way across the Americas. Yeah. Well, I think it went from uh, I think it went from Chicago to uh, to, Sa- to Santa Barbara. Yeah. Uh, Dwayne, are you, you going to allow us to scan and put some of your old timey Route 66 images on our show notes? No. Show sure. notes, baby. Sure. Be funny if those images showed up as web uh, as. Uh, Screensavers. Screensavers in like East Malaysia. Yes. 
John, you're going to read this one because it's suited for you. All right. Let me see if I can it focus my Hello. eyes. Are those uh, magnifiers? Yeah. Can I wear them two times or one time? Dwayne, you have glasses that you bought in like a dime store? Oh, this is perfect. Now no, they were, they were pretty expensive. but they were, I bought them in Barnes & Noble, and they have a wonderful selection of, uh, if your eyes are starting to go, close focus, which mine are. <laughs> I'm just pre-reading this letter. Hello. Says, I thought I'd like to drop you a line and tell you how much I'm enjoying your podcast. I listened to filmwasters.com podcast and they gave you a mention, so I took a chance. <laughs> I started listening to your show for the first one and currently, as of September 21st, mind you, up to the July 15th episode. Please, could we have more Cockney accents? <laughs> they sound more authentic than some I've heard on the East End. Do you, re- do, you do requests? Try a broomy accent. What's that? Oh, like Ozzy. How's that going? You weren't doing Cockney. You were doing... I don't. I was doing uh, the dude from uh, Spinal Tap. I think Cockney is more like uh, Phil uh-huh. Collins as portrayed yeah, on South like Park. it's like the chimney sweeps from... Uh, what's Dick that? Van Dyke. From Mary Poppins. <laughs> Top of the day, governor! <laughs> <laughs> Hello, mate! <laughs> Hello, mate! Hello, mate. All right, well, thank you for yeah, your letters. There's, there's me, Ozzy Osbourne. Hey, Ozzy Osbourne. Did you say who this was from? No, I didn't. I'm sorry. Someone from England, I bet. Cheers, Simon. Oh, I need your uh, glasses. You're going to have to read that. I can't see. Simon P. Simon Coopy. Coopy. Coop. Simon, a Minolta SRT 102 shooter in the UK. P.S. If you get into me in any giveaway you are currently running, that would be great. Here's to you, mate. Here's to you, Governor. Uh, Dick Van Dyke <laughs> is highly criticized for his accent. Because it's horrible. It, it goes in and out, right? And, and he cops to it. And even to this day, he's like, you know, I know. He's just, whatever, what can I do? He's, I guess it worked in 1964, but not, not yeah, today. It's broad, broad acting. That's, it works for South Park, but not for Mary Poppins. John, you need to read more letters. Oh, jeez, I need your glasses. You know, I'm reading all. I'm always reading the letters. John needs to read some letters. We need to. Okay, let me see if I can do this without glasses. No, I can't. I'm sorry. You have to apologize to me. Uh, hey guys, just wanted to say a big thank you for the podcast. I'm a relative newcomer to photography. I started with a DSLR about a year and a half ago. Recently, I've caught the film bug. Take two uh, aspirins and call me in the morning. <laughs> Anyways, he writes. I was thrilled. To find your podcast through the I Shoot Film Group on Flickr. I have a 45-minute commute to work, so I'm always on the lookout for good podcasts to help pass the time. That seems to be the, the thing, isn't it? I listen to all 16 podcasts. Wow! In the last two weeks, no small task. You're not kidding, pal. I haven't even listened to them all. And uh, now that I'm caught up, I wanted to write and say hi. Keep up the great work. Thanks. Simon Hucko, like sucko with an H. <laughs> <laughs> See, this guy's got the spirit. Simon, awesome. He's from Ithaca, New York. <clears throat> Hats off to the iShoot Film Group on Flickr.com. If you're on Flickr.com, check out the iShoot Film Group. It's huge. It's a huge group, and the owner of the group is a podcast supporter, and I totally appreciate it. He allows me to go in to the same thread and up it to what the new show is. Oh, that's that's, nice. that's I've cool. been to Ithaca. Have you been to Ithaca? Uh, yeah. I was at the college to shoot a... Uh, a Cornell? No, Ithaca. Ithaca College. Oh. Here's, a, here's an email from uh, your friend, Dwayne, Mar- Marcel. Oh. Marcel Sheppers. Marcel. Marcel Sheppers. Yes, Marcel posts frequently on Facebook. He's a friend of mine on Facebook, and I, uh, he always posts interesting posts. He says, yes, I'll take you to the Impossible Project Factory in Enskede. Nice. Oh. 
Springtime is the best time to be in Amsterdam. Due to the climate, no one can guarantee a sunny day. But if we catch such a day, the experience will exceed your wildest expectation. Imagine drinking a fresh cold beer at the mm. Terras uh. outside in the sun, having a great chat about film photography. Smelling all the flowers come up in spring too there. Or is that Holland? It would be nice oh, someday Amsterdam. if we could do a film photography like trip. You, me, you, and Dwayne in like a, uh, an SUV. Oh. Or like a camper. It would have to be some kind of uh, like amphibious truck to get across the big pond. But yeah, No, no, no. I'm talking great. about just here in the U.S. Oh, I'm yeah. talking about like if we say, hey, let's we pick a let's point. Let's go now. We pick a point, even if it's upstate New York, just like a day trip, just to get us started. Yeah. Uh, just to shoot. Be like old times. Yes, it would. That would be fantastic. Years ago, before I met Dwayne, John and I, I know John about <laughs> about 25 years. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think. I met you in like 1984. I probably had more conversations with you than I have with members of my family. Really? Yeah. Oh. Well, you know, I'm not, I'm not ashamed to say I'm a good friend. You are a good I friend. I call you often. You are. You have a good sense of humor, which helps. Oh, thank you. I think it helps my life, actually, and I can offer <laughs> folks... I'm, no, I'm being very, very serious now, even yeah. though I'm being funny. I think the reason I'm able to uh, sort of... Uh, carry on. Carry on in what I do, mostly at the uh, uh, the, uh, the studio, the uh, film, the... the uh, you know, distribution. The, the distribution company, is because I look at everything so lightly that when hard punches come... I'm able to kind of just roll with it. You have a good recovery uh, mechanism in you. Yeah. You gotta roll with it, baby. Roll with it, baby. And that's very important. That's really something folks out there really, you know, follow, follow this. Because I know filmmakers who have made movies, one movie, and their whole life becomes obsessed with mm. that feature film. And then when it's failure... You know, not getting into blockbuster video or not getting on television. Whatever that failure is. They never get back up again. It ruins them. And they become bitter. Angry. And the same thing happens with anything in life. Whether it's a failed marriage or breaking up with your girlfriend. You know, as you get older, I'm in my 40s. Uh, you have to remain optimistic and try not to let your past failures uh, drag you into the bog. You learn and move on. Just move on and let it go. Really, it's so, so important to just let things go. And I know many people in my life who harbor resentments and they just you know they, they stagnate they stagnate and they don't move forward and i can just tell you i know it's easier said than done because everyone has it myself included you know you have bad experiences in the past and you try you know try not let it ruin you and keep an open mind when moving forward in whatever you may mm. do and if you're not happy with your job consider moving on to from that too because you change your life you can do it ultimately you have to be happy in what makes you happy thank you tony robbins <laughs> Hey, it's just like the song you gotta pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and start all over again. That's why I love for them. the music of Harry Nielsen. Gotta get up, gotta get out, gotta get home before the morning comes. What if I'm late? Got a big day, gotta get home before the sun comes up. Oh, Everybody's talking yeah. at me. Is that him? I don't feel yeah. worth the same. One is the loneliest number that you'll ever do. That was Nielsen? Do. Nielsen wrote it. Three Dog Night recorded it. One is the loneliest oh, yes, number that you'll ever do. Yes, did. She did. Cover that. Who did it? Amy Mann. Mann from Mann's Earth Band. No, 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 no. From Till Tuesday. There's a great voices carry. There's a great documentary available here. Well, it's available all over the world, but here in the U.S. on Netflix, you could rent it or you could stream about, it. About Nielsen. It's called "Who Is Harry Nielsen and Why Is Everyone Talking About Him?" Nielsen Schmielsen. 
That's an album. Son of Nilsson. An album. And he had so much pain in his life from his youth that he's able to, he rolls that pain into songs, but he does it whimsically. I know a guy who was really, really good friends with him. You do? Harry Nielsen. Yeah. Apparently, according to the documentary, he was a heavy partier. Uh, a guy I went to high school with was <laughs> his uh, friend. His last name was Florzak. Was he an out in L.A.? Uh, he was a musician for a while in New York City. Okay. And then he knew Harry Nielsen. Uh, I think he was a roommate with him for a while. And he was also a roommate with, uh, uh, what was his name? John Lennon? No, same. Uh, he died. He had a couple big hits. Uh, he had a big must, black mustache. Oh, Jim Croce? Jim Croce was good friends with him, too. That, that era really? of people. Yeah. Wow. And now he's a, I think he's a conductor in an orchestra. So Harry Nielsen, I, I highly recommend uh, the documentary. It's awesome. And, uh, it it's a great nothing to do with film. But nothing to do with film, but it has to do with the human condition. Optimism. Yeah, optimism and the human spirit. And this is a man who had a lot of pain in his life. But he, even though he had this pain, he was loved by everyone. And he was able to uh, roll that into his songs. He's a happy drunk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yes, pretty much. That helps. So a while back, a few podcasts ago, our good friend. Uh, oh man, that's a good, such a good song. Our good friend Randy Babatis, and finally, Randy, we are now pronouncing your name properly because I printed, wrote it I printed it out on a piece of paper. Babatis. 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 Randy Babatis in L.A. Uh, I now have that printed out, and it's going to remain in my permanent file. So whenever we talk, you know, discuss you or a letter you write in, we're not going to murder your last name anymore. Anyone writing into the show, film, <laughs> filmphotographypodcast at gmail.com. Yo. So a while back, we were talking about, uh, in movie theaters, uh, film prints versus digital. We were talking about film versus digital mm. and the fact that will film still exist in movie theaters? It's still 35-millimeter mm. prints being projected. And uh, Randy works for Disney. Yeah, oh, oh. does he? Yes, he does. Well, what is in Randy California? Say? He says, yes. In the last podcast, you were talking about, well, this is a while back. You were talking about movie theaters and how most use film projectors and not digital projectors. You pretty much nail the reason why most theaters still use film. They already have the film projectors. Since film projectors are simple machines with simple moving mm. parts, they last a very long time with mm. proper maintenance. Even if the projector were to somehow break completely and be unfixable, a new one could be still a lot cheaper than a new digital system that will likely become obsolete in several years yeah, no kidding. and will, will require more frequent and costly maintenance. Not to mention, operating the machines will require more specialized staff than your average 17-year-old high school kid. Your point about projectionists' union may come into play as well, but I don't know anything about that. I was actually a projectionist for half a year here in Los Angeles, and I was never in any union and got paid a minimum wage. Since the machines are so simple, I was using them just fine. As for movie studios, I would guess they want to move to digital, but overall, I don't imagine they care much about how people watch movies, so as long as they pay for it. True that. I'm saying that. True that. But studios don't care. They're not like, oh my god, we have to preserve the film. Mm. They want to preserve their bottom line. Yes. It would be cheaper for the studios to distribute digitally since prints are expensive to make and mm -hmm. ship, and digital would offer more copy protection since the current distributor techniques are highly proprietary and encrypted, mm. whereas anyone with a telecine could duplicate a print. Yeah, oh, no, anyone. See, we, we were talking about this before, and you said it was the other way around. Well, I it thought was, it was the other way around. It was around. tougher to track mm -hmm. digital, but I, I guess apparently... Uh, well, it says, well, it says he says that ultimately piracy is done via video camera anyway, mm. which is true. If you go to New York, any major city, there are guys on the street selling DVDs of major motion pictures that are currently in the theater. 
and they're mostly guys who go into a, a theater and With, sh- they just shoot off the screen. Right. So there's heads in front, the camera and is always bopping around. And the, the quality's is better horrible. today because digital cameras are so much better. There is a push to move to digital for 3D movies, and that is true because yeah. I confirmed it here on the East Coast with Scott Gordon from the Uncle Floyd Show. It's just does he own the, the magic shop? Ken's Magic Shop. Uh, just talking about that th- today. With who? Kevin Neblong. Oh. Well, uh, Kevin Neblong, one half of... The uh, Other Pink Delicate. The Other Pink Delicate. He's referred to as pink now. Oh, he's pink. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Scott works at the theater up here in Kinelon, and th- all 3D movies are now projected digitally. Wow. So they had to put a system in. Yeah. So since people pay more on the average to see 3D movies, the studios get more money, and so do yeah. the theaters. So it's worth it. He says he doesn't, see, he doesn't think film will be gone anytime soon. Uh, he also goes on to say... An interesting note, however, is that even films that are made entirely digital, in other words, uh, you know, uh, James Cameron shooting on a digital camera, like animations or digitally captured movies, Mm. they are stored on film for archival purposes. I can't speak for all studios, but Disney makes a multiple film masters of every movie for long-term storage. There are digital archives, too, but there's currently no digital media for long-term storage. Hmm. Hard drives, optical media, and tapes are all unreliable forms of storage for any period of time, much less over 100 years. So they keep them on film for the yes. long haul. Disney stores multiple places around the country and, and abroad, so there are Disney prints stored all over the world. So that if one building burns down, right. it's not lost. There are digital archives too, but they're costly and vulnerable to failure. Uh, this wah, is an excellent letter because wah, we've wah, talked wah, about wah, digital right? obsolescence and failure in the past, and we all have uh, thought about and have no conclusion about talked the about fate of talk about scanning prints. our prints and storing them on hard drives, and the yeah. fact that it's good to have like three different drives with your stuff on it. Maybe take one off-site and put it in storage somewhere, mm-hmm. so that God forbid there's a fire or flood that your stuff isn't lost. The sad thing. For me, at least, with you know storing digital matter, is that um, you know my hard drive with all my images from the last two years that have taken me many hours to scan. There's no tomorrow that drive could just fizzle out, and I've seen it happen. You turn the drive on, and I've seen it. Really? With our Avid drive. Oh, that's frightening. Avid is. It happened to me just once. Just it's, once. It's a drive that stores media for oh for God. motion picture editing, and you tr- we turn the drive on, and I swear to God, there was a puff of smoke, uh, and the drive quit. That was it. Oh, I never thought a puff of Could smoke happened. There's literally there? a puff of smoke? The, 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 the power supply fizzled the drive. It took Holy like a hit. Sh- and it fizzled. So I, we sent the drive to the manufacturer, and they guaranteed the drive, which means they'll send you a new drive. But they won't guarantee the data. But they're not going to recover the data on the drive. So you have to go somewhere else for that, and that's about $500 minimum. Ah! To retrieve data off a drive, that's why I encourage everyone, Holy if you're digitally storing your, your, your film, please make backup copies. Just go buy a $100 drive, make a backup, yeah. because failure... You throw it on a thumb drive, for crying out loud. Anything, because... That's what I'm doing that as soon as I get home. These drives will fail. You just frighten me. Why don't you just put it on, on a, a, you know, a CD or something like that? <gasps> I, have, I have CDs that I burned from the early 1990s that still work beautifully. That's what I do. Yes. Yeah, I, tr- I trust them more than I trust a, uh, a hard drive. Yes, absolutely. I'm with you 100%. I think yeah, I'm going to do that this I'm, holiday I'm, season, I just Dwayne. broke out in a sweat. This holiday season, while everyone's enjoying their uh, holiday, I'm going to be uh, burning CDs. <laughs> 
I'll bring my drive over. You can do my stuff too. Exactly. It's funny. Like I'll burn two disks of data and then I'll open up one occasionally once corrupted. If I go to the other disk, the other really? one's fine. It's usually like there's do a you little. Do it to DVD or CD? A CD. I think there's a little red bar across one of them. I don't know why that happens. But it's very rare. I mean, one out of one out of 2,000 images. I'll tell you why. Oh, oh, no, could be you know what? No, I'm not going to buy that. <laughs> I'm only kidding. No. I'm just trying to stoke your fires. It has nothing to do with PC. I'm going to say that. It has nothing to do with PC versus Mac. They all fail. You're absolutely right. Because Mac people, I'm sorry, folks out there who are Apple heads, as I call them. They're not indestructible. They're not indestructible. Here's a letter from Chris in New Zealand. New Zealand. That's where uh, Crowded House are from. Crowded House, Split Ends, and the man who with Tim Finn started Split Ends, and that would be... The artist... Phil Judd. Judd. Phil Judd, you can go to his website, and he has a number of solo albums. He's very eccentric. He's, yes, we think he's eccentric. I love him, and his music, uh, some of his albums are re- very reminiscent of early split ends. I'm going to play a little snippet right now. So, Chris, in New Zealand, you must know of Crowded House, you know, Split Ends, Phil Judd. The new Crowded House album is really good. Yes, it is. Intriguer? Intruder? Intriguer. Then listen to it. Who are the guys that did Hey Now? There are shadows at the yeah. Hey Now. <laughs> <laughs> hey that, Now. Not that Hey Now. Yeah, can you sing it, Dwayne? Hey Now? Yeah. Hey Now. Hey Now. Don't dream it's over. Hey now, hey now. Hats off to Neil Finn in Crowded House. John and I saw him perform in Montclair, New Jersey. Great show. Great show. Chris in New Zealand says, reminding the world about Olympus SLRs. Mm. Oh, they're so good. Have Zuiko lenses? Oh my really? God, amazing. Well, I'm glad you say that, Dwayne, because you know I give a lot of love to Canon because I'm a Canon shooter. He says, haven't heard much on the show about classic Olympus SLRs. Maybe you guys are unfamiliar with them. Tiny and wonderful cameras, but equally tiny, but excellent lenses made in the early 1970s through the early 2000s. I had an OM2N for a short time. Exactly what I had. And totally love it. I purchased it direct from the legendary Olympus repairman, John at Camtech. That's Zuiko.com. Z-U-I-K-O. Zuiko. <laughs> Zuiko was the Olympus brand name for lenses, much the way Nikkor was the brand name for Nikon lenses. And I did a, a kind of a qualitative comparison of Nikon Nikors versus Olympic Zuikos back in the, uh, it's like the mid-80s. And I thought Olympus lenses were better. They, they showed better local contrast. They showed better color rendition. They were a lot more contrasty. They were beautiful. Right. And they were so underrated. I mean, people, you know, back then, the Nikon Canon Wars were just really getting underway. Right. And, oh, Olympus. Who's Olympus? But they were uh, 
great cameras. So John at Camtech, that's Zuiko.com, Z-U-I-K-O.com. The lens that uh, Chris purchased, it came with a fresh CLA. Clean lube and adjust. So I should last. it should last me for years and years. I bought a mint 28mm f2.8 lens locally and have been shooting for a couple of months now. I was pleased to find the 28mm focal length perfect for 99% of my shooting, so I'm not in a rush to buy any more lenses. Mm. The OM2N... The OM2N is recommended by Camtech as one of the most repairable of all the OM cameras and features a massive viewfinder and aperture priority auto exposure plus match needle manual metering. Yes, and they also had a cloth, if I'm not mistaken, a cloth focal plane shutter. They didn't have like the usual metal titanium ones that, uh, you know, the shutters. Yes. Mm. There was cloth, like black fabric. Well, you know... Chris, I am a Canon AE-1 shooter, but I am really tempted here, and I am going to go to Zunico.com and look at the OM-2N because I would like to own a camera that is easily repairable. <laughs> That's the biggest problem with older cameras, that when they die, you cannot find quality repair. And I'm happy to know that there's a cult around Olympus SLR cameras. Cult of personality. Here's another letter. This is from David Mahani. David Mahani is from Westerville, Ohio. And he also says that uh, he's found himself drawn into uh, something more reliable. He talked about some other cameras. But a friend gave him an Olympus OM-2, and he's been an Olympus junkie ever since. He loves the Olympus Trip 35 for its awesome night shots at f2.8, and the Olympus Stylus Epic as the perfect compact point-and-shoot. The XA series is another recent obsession. Original XA rangefinder, zone focus XA2. Hey, I even have the much less dignified fixed focus S XA1. He does say, my my true other love is the Polaroid color pack cameras loaded with Fuji film. Seems like you found a friend, Mike. <laughs> I love. <laughs> I loved a color pack too around. The Illinois leg of Route 66 last year. Good times. Chicago, that's right. No. It, it was a blast shooting your Kodachrome last month, and I appreciate all you do to support your fellow film heads. Thank you, David Maha- Mahani. Mahali. Mahali. M-I-H-A-L-Y. Mahali. Well, you know what, David? It was it's like Dr. Hafhar. It was uh, <laughs> great sending you uh, Kodachrome. Here we are on the 15th of December. And sadly, but true, Kodachrome will be gone in less than 15 days. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, there'll be plenty of film out there on eBay. Useless. Hucksters Wait, trying to sell it. You never answered my question. Do you think you could process the rest of that stuff as black and white? I'm going to send an email to... Uh, Let's try it. Blue Moon Camera. Forget oh, the email. Uh, Let's just do it ourselves. Let's be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the, the, I guess the, the insanity of it is, why would you want to shoot beautiful Kodachrome film and, and develop it as black and white? Because it's probably the sharpest film ever made. You think the black and white, it'll develop well as black and white? I don't know. Ooh. Yeah, well, let's We I need to find it. that out. I do not know. So in January, we're going to be giving away Kodachrome. We don't know this for a fact. I'm just giving away Kodachrome. When Kodachrome film is one penny a bushel <laughs> in January, because no one wants to shoot it, Kodachrome is at about $6 a roll right now on eBay. Really? Yes, as of this taping. So I would imagine by the end of the month that those prices will plummet. It's going to be nothing. It's yeah. be, it will be worthless. It'll be worthless. No one's going to want to shoot Kodachrome and develop it as black and white, except us. Except us. Yeah. <clears throat> so. I'll give it a go. Give it a go. Hey. Yeah, we're going to give it a go. But in the meantime, next uh, 15 days, 
myself and John, I can't speak for Dwayne, but maybe we're going to be feverishly, feverishly shooting Kodachrome. No, I won't be shooting it. Okay. I had my love affair with Kodachrome for yeah, 10 years. you shot a lot. For 10 years. I shot a lot of Kodachrome and it's just, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's. You could have written that song, Kodachrome. It's, it's You've gone. so much of it. Are you sad about it? Am I sad about it? Yeah. Yeah, I am because it was um, no. F- there, it, it truly has its own color bias and its color balance. It truly has its own level of contrast, and it's super, super sharp and super high resolution. Not even Fujichrome Velvia comes close to it. So, I mean, if you take uh, if you took a lot of really, really tripod mounted thirty-five millimeter slides with Kodachrome twenty-five, it was as good as it got. It was literally as good as it got. Yeah. Maybe Ektar 100 is close. I don't know. Yep. But for transparency materials, it was as good as it got. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry to see it go. Speaking of color pack and color Polaroid, hmm. there's a letter from Lisa Butler. She's in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I want to share a story regarding my grandpa's one-step Polaroid camera. First of all, my husband is an avid listener and loves your podcast. He had listened to the April podcast about the one-step Polaroid camera. After listening, we dug out his father's Polaroid J66 land camera to see if we could still get film for it. That's a no-go. That, was, that camera is such an early model that, mm. no. Very it's a whole, specific. Yeah, it's a whole different system. Mm. I remember that my grandfather one-step Polaroid camera in the closet, the one with the speaking feature. What? There was a, there was a talking Polaroid camera. Yes, focus, the, focus! There was a talking Polaroid. <clears throat> I don't have what one. What did but, it say? Yeah, what did it say, Lisa? Can you record? Can you, maybe you, do you have an audio recorder, or can you record some of the things, some of the yeah, phrases send it says? Send us a WAV file. So she's looking at it and decided to see if the trigger worked, and to my surprise, Bingo. oh my God. Bingo. Bingo. The sound it makes is like no other. No. The look on my face was priceless, and so was my husband's face. I couldn't believe it. I did get a profile pic with my husband on the computer, and it turned out. I wasn't sure if there was any film in it, and it was so, you know, she's just so so, so excited. Yeah, sure. It's uh, like Christmas, man. And the photo, you know, it says, she feels that, she says, I have a photo of me now from my grandpa. She feels it's her grandfather's camera. That's interesting. And that the film was in it that belonged to her grandfather. Wow. So she almost feels like her grandfather took the picture. It's just a finger. Yeah, I know <laughs> I know this probably sounds corny, but for that one instant it felt as if my grandpa wanted me to see it. See, now are you going to get that from a, a kind of experience from a digital camera? Well, no, you can't. Maybe in 50 years. N- no, because the digital camera will not function in 50 years. Uh, yeah, you don't think? No, I know. Okay? And I'm I'm being maybe I'll see you in 50 years. Yeah. Mike, you're being very bombastic in your opinion about digital technology. Do you know? That's a bold statement. It is a bold statement, but I can tell you that my uh, gateway monitor, my beautiful widescreen gate way monitor for my computer it's five years old it failed the other day hmm. it started just there is built-in obsolescence that no company is going to tell you about because it's just true and Dwayne's going to back me up these folks don't want you shooting with this digital camera in 10 years from now because they want you to keep buying new electronics someone even pointed out in a form about the Nikon D70 uh, that has a built-in number of exposure cycles to it right? It, they don't know this for a fact do they but, but someone uh, it started happening to person after person after person after person right. because a green light went off on it did you uh, bring it back to Nikon and get it fixed uh, I'm not exactly sure how the thread went on to resolve the issue but someone basically said look it's meant to only work for a certain period of time and then that's it my gateway monitor was manufactured i don't know this for a fact i'm not stating fact here i'm stating my opinion but it's kind of apparent that my gateway monitor was made for x amount of years and then i can tell you it fizzled out it's starting having conniptions and myself or gordon or anyone here that's tech 
technical in the, in the studio, just said, well, there's nothing to do. That's it. There's, that's it. There's nothing to do. So I don't believe that um, that the camera manufacturers, who are now in the electronics business, which uh, sort of what the guys at Freestyle were saying at the Freestyle booth. Freestyle. Hmm. You know, they're like, this is not the camera. This is not the photography business anymore. This is the electronics business. Yeah. And that is very... Uh, interesting point, and I think everyone out there listening should understand that. You know, you're not talking about photography. You're talking about technology fans. There's so many people that are into electronics, TVs, gadgets, and that's great. It's a great mm-hmm. hobby, but we're not talking about photography. We're talking about electronics, and that's why I don't believe that digital technology is photography. I mean, it's taking pictures, mm-hmm. but you're dealing with electronics here. You're not dealing with film. So I think that uh, it's a sad state of affairs that, in fact, which we'll see as we continue to age, whether yes. these cameras will continue to work. I'd be very interested I'd to say, see that. I would say no, they won't continue to work. And they're, not, they're not made to. And it'll be cheaper to buy a new camera. So nobody's going to be pulling out a 1980 digital you know, no, no, well, Sony well, cyber let's say shot. Let's 2002. Saying, Here's my little cyber shot camera. It, oh, it well, you said 1980. Work. Well, whatever. 2002. When did I buy it? I bought this in late, yeah, late 90s. Late 90s, yeah. Because... Even though those cameras are digital, I mean, they're, uh, they're electronic instruments, they still have some moving parts. The autofocus motors, the cams in the uh, autofocus lenses, mm. the shutters, and those things are not manufactured to cycle 50,000 times. Yeah. They're just not. When you buy like a state-of-the-art Nikon... Uh, yeah, that's metal. Th- that's, and that thing's made to cycle for yeah. a quarter of a million shots. And those, those prosumer cameras are not made to take that kind those of abuse. prosumer cameras are probably being shot 10 times more than you would a, a film camera, wouldn't you? say because people are taking at least 10 you're shooting everything at a yeah party. but they're also made shots you're getting 100 shots they're also but the thing of it is the um the moving parts in them are not as rugged as a film right. camera were no it's a good point you know they're, good point. They're, because those things were made to handle the tension that's sad the tension of moving film yeah. had to have a lot more the, the level i think of sturdiness and, and rigidity of those metal parts was greater in a 35 millimeter film camera than digital so i think those digital cameras they break yeah they do it's interesting it's are interesting they, and sad but they fry out John is behind the video camera right now, and uh, next to me is Dwayne. Hello, everyone. Good to see you again. And uh, I just thought we record this segment on video as well as audio because, uh, well, I'm going to be talking. I'm going to be talking about 127 film, and uh, I thought I'd kind of show some things uh, like the uh, Falcon miniature 127 film camera. I bought this on eBay. I haven't shot with it yet. Maybe I'll shoot today with it. Or the Kodak. Kodak Brownie Fiesta camera that takes 127 roll film. Brownie, this might be similar to the camera you had, Dwayne. The Brownie Starfish. Starfish? (laughs) Brownie Starflash camera. I like starfish better. Yeah. And this came, you know, I bought this on eBay as well. It came fully packaged in this box. There's the box cover. Now, 127 film. It's a roll film. I'm going to show you what it is. Here's a roll of film. Dwayne, can you show me uh, that film, that print that had the two wallet size prints and the... Oh, sure. A while back, you'd be able to buy film in 127 or 620 uh, from a company. They had, you know, they, they had proprietary film and you bought it from them and then you... You sent it to their lab, and they would return back to you prints that came with a full-size print and wallets. 
they are. And here they are. Wayne actually did this. I actually well, did this. A little, this little in slower, a little bit slower. Where is it? Where well, is Mary Ellen I'm looking for a particular shot. Oh. Uh, my father and I were big race fans in the 1970s, and uh, we would go to USAC sanctioned races at Trenton Speedway. And this car, the number eight Olsenite Eagle, was the uh, car of one Bobby Unser. And I believe this automobile belonged to Mario Andretti, whom I actually met after this race. And hey, how are you doing, kid? <laughs> And back then, I don't know if they do this these days, but after the race, you could go to what was called the infield section of the racetrack, and the, uh, the drivers would just pull their cars around, and you could just walk up to the cars, you could touch them, you could look into the cockpit, you could touch the steering wheel, you could look at the gauges, you could kick the tires. Of course, you couldn't be abusive about it, but you could actually get a kind of a tactile feel as to what those cars were about. And it was so cool. I can't, I, as like a 12-year-old uh, a kid, looking at these big-time race cars, and you could talk to the drivers. The drivers would hang out and they'd talk to you about uh, what it was like being a race car driver. You know, it, it was great. It was great fun. And here is the Rolls Royce of 127, the Yashica 44. This is a beautiful uh, TLR camera. This is a roll of Kodakolor X that expired in 1966. Now, uh, we could only shoot this and process it as black and white because the C22 uh, processing doesn't exist anymore for this particular film. C22. But I did want to show you folks out there uh, what 127 roll film is. Here it is, the little packet. I'll open it up, and it is... <laughs> Explodes. <laughs> and it is a roll. It's a Look roll of film. It's film on a roll, on a metal spool. Here is a... Uh, Falcon miniature camera. Uh, this is manufactured uh, by the. This is made by the Utility Manufacturing Company in New York City. I guess Dwayne in the 1950s there were a lot of uh, uh, you know off little indie companies making cameras that were not Kodak. Mm -hmm. and, and it's funny we were looking through that old photo magazine and there are so many cameras in there that I never heard of in regards to the brand name and the company that just was the spearhead of that was a place called Spiritone. Yes. If you look at the Spiritone page, there's all these lenses that were ridiculously cheap. 500 millimeter lens, $39. It's like, how can you buy a camera lens for $39? Well, they used Here, to make them. There's a roll of film. And, you know, I used to be scared of any type of roll film. And uh, don't be. Uh, this goes into the camera. Sneaks in. Right there. Snaps in the 127 film spool. Uh, this film, by the way, we're going to have to <laughs> send to our friends at uh, Blue Moon Camera because uh, the film process C22 is no longer can no longer get film processed called C22. So I'm going to put it in the little tab here, and you literally going to roll. roll it. It. What's that thing squeaking? I usually put my thumb here on the uh, on the full roll of film to make some tension. I don't think holding it under a really bright light is a good idea, though. <laughs> Usually, there's a recommendation on the side of the box, load film in indirect or subdued light. Dwayne is absolutely correct. This is not the so, best thing to do. So we're doing this for the sake of uh, illuminating the camera for the video, but you should bear in mind that loading film, roll film, uh, you know, a foot away from 100 watt second, 100 watt bulb is not a good idea. Yeah, we ain't all stupid. And on the back... <laughs> You will see there are two windows, and this goes for a 127 camera or a 120 camera or even a 620 camera. Those are all uh, film that is rolled, and we're looking for the number one. Number one. <laughs> which, which window? 
Either window. We're looking for... Oh, I missed number one. Be careful. I do that quite often. I completely miss number one. And I went right to number two, and now there's nothing I can do about it. You've lost a frame. I've lost a frame. With this particular camera, this is Coda Color X. I'm assuming it's about 100 ASA, although I'm not sure. I'm going to take a photo of uh, the cameraman, who's going to be heavily backlit. Here we go. Very nice. And I'm going to go ahead to our number three. Very slow. That is three. And I'm going to use a flash. Now, there's no flash adapter for this camera. This camera's very old. I don't know what year it is. I haven't looked it up yet. But this camera has what's called a time. You can put the lens on time, which leaves the shutter open. So I'm going to go to time. And I'm going to leave the shutter open and flash. So, the flash on. You look crazy, by the way. Shutter's open. I flash John. Whoa. Dwayne is holding the Yashica 44. And the Yashica 44 has a role of what I call found film. When I purchased this camera, film was already in it. So if you look at the back of the camera, Dwayne, you'll see we're at exposure, what, 10? Yes, we're at exposure 10. If you wouldn't mind just going forward to 11. This one goes to 11. It went, it went to... Uh, 21? 21. 21. Went to 12? Went to 21. 12. Uh, That's 2. Oh, 2. How did that happen? I don't know. Maybe that wasn't 10, that was 1. Must have been 1. Yeah. I'm going to take a quick shot of Dwayne with the Falcon. Ready, Dwayne? Mm-hmm. The Yashica, by the way, is a really beautiful camera. It's I, gorgeous. I have the shutter set to 60th of a second uh, at f8. I'm going to assume there's 100 ASA film in here. I'm going to attach my Vivitar 252 flash to it, and uh, there's a flash shoe on the side. It's not a hot shoe, but it is a shoe nevertheless. Attach it here. You can use any flash that has a PC cord adapter, which goes here. Here's your PC adapter. That is for your flash. Stick that in there. Great. Now I'm going to juice up the flash. And now I can focus on John. You look like Ouija. <laughs> With the hat. You know, looking into the viewfinder. I'm going to now uh, cock the shutter. Here's the shutter. This needs to get cocked like that. Shutter, you pull that down to cock the shutter. I did. And now, wait, I'm going to shoot John. Ready, John? Oh, I'm ready. One, two, three. Look at that, huh? Work. Huh? Beautifully. Beautifully. And this, this principle really applies to any uh, camera like this. Twin lens reflex. A twin lens reflex camera. And I'm going to forward ahead using this lever on the back. Pop the lever. <laughs> Go up. Oh, that was the last exposure. Oh. It was 12, Dwayne. Oh. How about that? We'll be able to see this next month. Yeah, hopefully we'll be able to see that this next month. Uh, that image or the image that I took with the uh, Falcon miniature. In a nutshell, any of these cameras, 127. You may say, well, where can I get film? Uh, and can I see a negative? You have a negative 127, If I could just hold that up real quick. Dwayne shot this when he was a child. Here is a 127 film negative from the, uh, Dwayne, would you say 1960s? I would say that's from 1968. That was a cross-country trip that we took with my parents. And uh, I just was into photographing nice. uh, motel signs. And hotel signs is a record of the places that we went. And I think that's a Sheraton sign. It, it, you could tell. It just isn't the kind of sign that you would see today. Right. But uh, that was someplace, I believe, in Nebraska. Hmm. Now, you can buy new film for your 127 film camera. This is a great investment, the Yashica 44. It's such a well-made camera it's a beautiful camera will yield a very crisp image and if you're into more of the lomo stuff you can go for a uh, 
Kodak Fiesta camera. These are very, very cheap on eBay.com. Look at this. And you could and you, come more square than that. And you could buy film at the frugalphotographer.com. Google frugal photographer. And they're selling a new 127 color film. I believe it's Kodak film. It's 160 ASA. Or you can go to our good friends at Freestyle. Freestyle. And you could purchase black and white film, 127 black and white film. I'm encouraging folks out there to do some fun stuff. Go get yourself an old-timey 127 camera. Find some uh, expired film on eBay or maybe buy some new film from the folks I just mentioned and uh, have some fun. Hey, Mike Rosso here. Have you heard about the FPP 2011 calendar? Oh, yeah. That's right. It's full color, 8.5 by 11, and you could have your very own copy. How? By donating to the Film Photography Podcast. Help keep us running strong in 2011 and beyond. Go to filmphotographypodcast.com, click the Donate button, and see details of how to get your very own FPP calendar. All donations received go right back to the Film Photography Podcast to keep us running strong through 2011 and beyond and beyond and beyond. Super positive. Oh, yeah. We just finished our little video portion. Uh, thanks, John. I appreciate it. Hey, no problem. John, you know, as much as I've been a critic of the Apple technology, the iPhone. Yeah. Thanks to uh, Apple technology, we've been able to do these little videos. Yeah, I'm getting the hang of it. Yeah. It's a little hard to hold, like, a phone to yeah. use as a camera. Right now, if we're in the studio. We have lights on for our video. I feel like I'm in Pink Floyd at Pompeii. Remember yeah. that scene where they're all backlit? Yeah. With, like, six different big lights on? Mm, that's us, Pink that, Floyd. That's us, Pink Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're going to be going out today with the music from Pancho. Well, I'd just like to say I had a great time today, Mike. <laughs> Thanks for having me along. I mean, did you have fun today? I did. I don't know if it's, it's kind of a sentimental for me looking at all these photos, which I haven't looked at in like 20 years. Uh, I want to thank, uh, we'll, we're exiting tonight with uh, music by Pancho, Ballard, and the Banditos. That was close. Pancho. Pancho. Uh, Pancho. I Darren. think English people say Pancho. Pancho. Of Pancho. Uh, Darren in the group, thanks for sending the music along. It's a lot of fun. The music's really upbeat and fun. And I want to thank Dwayne. You're welcome, Mike. And I want to thank John. Yeah, sure. And this is a holiday season, and I want everyone out there to really have a really, really great yeah. holiday season. I hope it's very peaceful and calm for everyone and relaxing. A happy new year. Yeah, right. You'll see us next in 2011. We're going to do a New Year's Day show. Oh, we are. Over. Yes, we are. We are on New Year's Day. All is quiet on New Year's Day. Except on the Film Photography Podcast. Do you know what my favorite Christmas tune is? Uh, you know that... Uh, I like Silent Night. No, I like that from The uh, the Year Without a Santa Claus, that Heat Miser song. Oh, that's a great it's one. It's like... Boom, 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 boom. He's Mr. Heat Miser. He's Mr. Sun. He's Mr... Green Christmas. He's Mr. 101. I am the heat miser. Because all that I touch melts in my clutch. He's too much. You know that one? No. Really? What? I've never heard Watch of it. Watch that every year. 
It's great. On what? On, on, the, on TB. It's called The Year Without a Santa Claus. Yeah. Mm. It's The Year Without a Santa I'm sure they're going to start showing it the second Santa after Claus. you get done eating your turkey. That's a good one. Uh, I want to thank everyone. It's been a great year. We're in our second year of FPP. Wow. Film Photography Podcast at gmail.com. Yo.